Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. US.com. When breaking news happens, follow it here. KJCE Rollingwood Austin. KKMJ HD2 Austin. Or anywhere you go at talk1370.com. Talk 1370. CBS News, I'm Pam Colfer. Toxic, that's how many people view the political situation in the nation's capital. On tonight's 60 Minutes, President Obama agreed. The corrosive nature of everything from talk radio to fake news to negative advertising um, has made people lack confidence in a lot of our existing institutions. The way things are now, he said, it's very difficult for Republicans and Democrats to find common ground. Mr. Obama will have more free time after Friday when he becomes Citizen Obama. I, I do not expect to be behind a desk a lot. I look forward to teaching the occasional class because I I was a professor and I had fun doing it. The political divide is glaring this week with 24 House Democrats saying they will not attend Donald Trump's inauguration. Chief among them, Georgia Congressman and civil rights legend John Lewis, who said Russian hacking makes Mr. Trump an illegitimate president. I'm Tom Fody. Days before Donald Trump's inauguration and with Congressman John Lewis among a dozen or so Democrats now promising not to show up, Vice President-elect Pence tells face the nation. I do hope uh, that, that John Lewis will reconsider attending the inauguration. Mm-hmm. From incoming White House Chief of Staff Ryan Priebus on NBC's Meet the Press. It's shocking that Congressman Lewis, who is a civil rights icon, would actually question the legitimacy of an election in this country and starting this firestorm. Which has also been fueled on Donald Trump's Twitter account. Tom Fody, CBS News, Washington. At noon this Friday, Hail to the Chief will be played for President Donald Trump. There was a full-scale inauguration rehearsal in the nation's capital today. Interviews with newspapers in the U.K. and Germany, Mr. Trump made comments that could make European allies nervous. He described NATO as obsolete and said the countries aren't paying what they're supposed to pay. He also suggested a deal with Russia would reduce nuclear arsenals and ease sanctions on Moscow. Russia's been under international sanctions for its actions in Crimea and the Ukraine. Drivers are being urged to stay off the roads in parts of Nebraska, Kansas and elsewhere in the central U.S. where an ice storm has caused dangerously slick highways. Workers at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City worked to get ice out of the stands even as an ice storm warning was lifted. The storm left 11,000 customers without power in Oklahoma. An 18-year-old Camille Mobley met her birth parents for the first time today. The South Carolina woman was abducted from a Florida hospital hours after she was born. She met her parents in Waterboro, 50 miles west of Charleston, where she was raised under a false name. 51-year-old Gloria Williams faces kidnapping charges. This is CBS News. Talk 1370. The right choice. The following is a paid commercial program. Views and opinions expressed are those of the host or their guests and are not necessarily those of Talk 1370 or Intercom Communications. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. Brought to you by MyPlates.com. Upgrade your license plate at MyPlates.com. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. We're live here in Austin, Texas. Just watched our Cowboys lose. But that's all the football you're going to get on this show tonight because we are uh, we're pretty fired up. we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. This is John Massengill, and I am joined in studio tonight by Tony Calderon. Tony, welcome back to Speed City. Thank you. Happy to be back. Well, we're excited to have you back. we got a lot to talk about. Jonathan Green is going to be joining us here in just a moment. He is down in New Zealand at the Toyota Racing Series. And Les Kaiser is not going to be on the show, but he was he's out in California. He actually caught up with the guys at Arc Motorcycle, you know that's the team. That's the uh, the new American manufacturer that's run by Keanu Reeves, and he also caught up with 
uh, a gentleman that's that's Keanu's partner, actually. And so we're going to have that interview as well. His uh, his partner's name is Gard Hollinger. And so we have that interview. We're going to have that later in the show. But uh, Mr. Green, do we have you live from New Zealand, sir? Oh, I think we're going to have to get Jonathan back on. We're trying to get him Skyped in, but he's down there for the Toyota Racing Series. And uh, we've had a lot of folks on talking about the Toyota Racing Series. And, and Tony, you've got one of your guys down there. Tony, is, let's introduce you, though. Tony is a race team manager, and you've got a bunch of race drivers that you, uh, that you manage. And, and uh, so who do you have down in, uh, at the Toyota Racing Series? Yeah, that's right. We have uh, one of our clients, Corey Enders, who's a young uh, Texan driver from Houston. He's down there. He just had his first weekend there. He had a pretty successful weekend uh, for a rookie driver. I mean, uh, he was pretty quick. He had a sort of an up and down weekend, a couple of good races, uh, and then some uh, off races. But uh, yeah, he's there. It's it's quite an exciting uh, series down there. They they basically get a f- full season of racing down in five weeks. So it's um, it's pretty cool. So yeah, he's he's definitely gonna learn and come back and do F two thousand when he comes back. Yeah, Jonathan's uh, Jonathan's done the television commentary for the Toyota Racing Series for gosh a number of years now. I don't know, six or eight years, maybe more, and he's really got us up to speed on that. And it's amazing the uh, the drivers that have come through that thing. So uh, this is a big deal, really, for young American drivers to get down there because there's Corey Enders and there's a couple other Americans. We'll get Jonathan to talk about those guys as well. And he's got some interviews from they just completed the first weekend down there. So we'll be talking a lot about that. Uh, but let's also talk about what we're going to go over on the show tonight because there's some things going on. We've got, uh, obviously, Valtteri Botas in the news in Formula One because it looks like that deal for him to move to Mercedes is going to wrap up this week. And so we'll, we'll talk about that and uh, the different angles on that. But also, a uh, big deal this week, Tony, we've got... Liberty Media and the shareholder meeting, you know, we've talked about Liberty Media, how they are, they bought into Formula One, but uh, this hasn't really happened yet. It's not, the deal's not sealed until this Wednesday. And uh, so they're having that shareholders meeting. That's pretty cool, huh? Yeah, it, it, like I say, it hasn't happened yet, but more importantly, they're obviously, because it hasn't happened yet, we haven't seen the effects of it in Formula One, which I think are going to be big, you know, because it will sort of turn Formula One into you know the the future or which is what all the other series have done Formula One's been a little old school as far as media and social media goes and you know how they interact with fans and all that I think this is going to be a big change for them and um, yeah I'm I'm pretty interested in see what's going to happen with it because obviously when you have Bernie Eccleston running things you know he's always done an amazing job with Formula One but it's it's been pretty old school so let's see what happens when some guys take over and they kind of, you know, turn into the 21st century? I think you just summed that up pretty good. Bernie's done a great job, and you can't argue, but he's pretty old school. So that's, <laughs> that is a great assessment. And it's going to be not only interesting, but exciting, because if Liberty, you know, they have so many media companies under their, under their umbrella, and they're an American company. And so if they do what we're expecting... Um, there's no telling what they what might change and and the rules could to make it more interesting. But um, you know the the topic came up again this week about uh, another Formula One race in the United States and, and in addition to Austin. And I, I was I saw some chatter on Twitter. I saw a conversation between a couple of guys on Twitter and somebody was saying about how it was it was uh, that Austin had turned the corner. And how this year was, you know, we had 270,000 people. But I, I, I feel like here in Austin especially, you know, like when I'm out, I'm always asking people. I, you know, do, you know, what do you, uh, have you been to a race? I'll ask everything from waiters and waitresses and everything. So, um, and, and I'm amazed at how many people think that Formula One is gone. Because, you know, in, in the, the, the controversial way that Bernie negotiates in the press is what I call it. You know, he's saying, well, you know, I guess uh, I guess the United States is not going to be on the grid. You know, we haven't received their payment. It's like, why do you why do you have to do that in the middle of the press? Because here in the United States, here in Austin, you know, the news stories, the news stations here, they pick up on it and go, wow, looks like we may not be on the grid or not be on the calendar this year. And and we all who have followed it all know that that's just the way that Bernie's always done it. You know, it's very public in the way all those negotiations happen. And the fact that I so many people say, oh, I thought it was done. I didn't realize it was still going to happen. And then and then I'll say, well, 
Taylor Swift came and they go, oh, yeah, I remember that. So I don't know. You Obviously, you travel the globe and all those things with race teams, but have you seen the same thing here in Austin? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think everybody questions it every year now because it's been questionable every year. However, um, I feel like this is... It feels like it's been the most secure year. At least seventeen feels like it's it's not in question anymore. Like everybody thinks, like yeah, it's happening. You know, if you see like a couple of years ago, like it wasn't even uh, confirmed in the calendar. Yeah. You know, it was. Now it seems like you know it, it will happen. I think having Taylor Swift here it was definitely kind of a. <laughs> it was a game that Coda played for sure, but it worked out. I mean, they had a big crowd, and uh, it seems like ticket sales went well and. It's all about politics at the end of the day, right? Like, is is a state going to support with a um, with their subsidy of the event? But it seems like everything sounds good right now because it was a good event. We had, like, say, you said, over two hundred thousand people. So, hopefully, we're good to go for a few more years. And uh, everyone will come here. And whether they will go somewhere else, I know Vegas, Las Vegas is in uh, is rumored to, uh, to amongst to perhaps others. be on the schedule amongst others. I know for sure people are working on it. I hope it happens. You know, we, we need more Formula One in the U.S. And the, the more races we have, I think the more uh, uh, it will raise the uh, exposure of it. And I think having another race in the U.S. will only help Austin. It, it won't hurt at all. So. Well, I, we had uh, we had several people on the show with varying opinions on that. I don't know where I stand on that. Honestly, I don't know. But, um, but I, I will bet you one thing, though, is that the controversy uh, – about Coda and whether it was going to happen. Yes, I agree. It's probably, it's going away. But I don't think it'll ever go away. We have this fantastic piece of concrete out there. No matter what happens, especially when you get uh, the uh, an ownership of the, of the entire series by Liberty, I just think no matter what would happen, that that track is going to host Formula One. And right now, it's the only purpose-built track for it. I just, I just feel like it's going to happen continuously and somebody's going to make that happen so i think that controversy is gone in my mind it, at least um whether or not the taylor swift thing will continue to who knows maybe that's the way uh some other places around the world i know some of them do similar things with big festivals but um but it uh, it definitely worked for us but uh let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the valtteri botas story because that's a big one for uh I mean, that's so it's a big one. It's a huge story. And I feel like this week is when it's going to happen. I mean, there's been talk about an announcement by Claire Williams, Claire Williams and uh, and Mercedes saying, you know, it's but the, the rumors have gotten awfully quiet. So it feels like that this is a done deal just has to be signed by the ink and ink the paper. Don't you agree? Yeah, I mean, it seems like it. I mean, uh, now I, I, I mean, it's basically both us. Uh, there's really no other big candidates for it. I mean, uh uh, maybe uh, Verline, but from everything we hear, unless we hear a surprise, it will be Bottas, and it's he's probably the right guy t- to be there. You know, they need a he's very quick, uh, yet he's not a huge name as obviously Rosberg was or is. Uh, so I think that it it, it sort of sets a stage for um, uh, for Will uh, sorry for Mercedes to have kind of what they want a number one and number two driver you know which that yeah. it, you know, depends who you ask that's the right thing to, the right way to do it or not the right way to do it but uh, yeah I think it's going to happen and uh, it's just a matter of like I think they're just lining up their PR to, to figure out when they announce it so, it seems yeah like. so what's your opinion on that you know having that clear number obviously in this case we'd have a clear number one driver in Lewis Hamilton and Botas as a number two driver you know, the strategy, obviously, you can't argue with what they've been doing. They've won the championship now two years in a row, and it's worked. So, you know, would you typically, as a as a race team manager and an advisor, do you do you recommend that, or does it depend on who the drivers are, depend on the situation? I mean, I, I think when I was here last time, I said, like, I'd rather have two top guys. Uh, now, I'm not saying that Botas isn't a top guy. I, I think he'll be probably just as quick as Lewis, maybe, you know. When it comes to that last tenth, maybe Lewis will be a little bit quicker. He just has more experience and stuff. In my opinion, you gotta have two guys fighting each other. You know, pushing. Uh, hopefully, Mercedes won't go the route of sort of picking one over the other because I think that um, it's it, not the right way to do it. You know, you want to have them pushing each other and and and, and uh, getting the most out of it. So it'll be interesting. 
but obviously in, the, in F1, it's always worked like that. You know, most times, you know, you have your Schumacher and Barrichello or, you know, there's so many other examples yeah. where having a number one guy works. But I don't know. I, I think I, I'd love to have something that we had like this last year with Rosberg and, and, uh, and uh, Hamilton just fighting each other. Because if, especially if that's the only team that's winning races, at least you want to have some kind that's of competition. A good point. If not, it might be kind of boring. That is a good point. If we're not going to have anybody giving him any competition. Uh, but uh, So there's been all kinds of rumors about um, about different teams being able to give them some competition this year. Um, what do you think? You think anybody's going to get any, even close to Mercedes this year? I mean, it's hard to tell. Obviously, if if things are going to change, it will be this year because the regulations are changing quite a bit with the cars. You know, it, it, it's sort of a... A new car. I mean, the powertrain isn't changing much, so that that won't be a big difference. But at least the aero tires, and you know, there's a lot of uh, things that are changing. So I'm hoping, obviously, Red Bull, Ferrari, McLaren. Uh, hopefully, those guys can step it up, and because it's a new car, they can start from scratch and be on the same uh, level playing field. But I mean, there's no doubt. I'm sure Mercedes will still be the team to beat, even the way the way finances work. You know, they have the most money, and they have. Um, uh, they're coming up, you know, they have a lot of momentum, so I'm sure it'll be tough. I mean, even for Cindy, you know, they were quite strong at the end of the year. Uh, so I know, I hope so. It's true. I hope so. It's not just a Mercedes show. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break, but uh, when we come back, one of the things we're going to talk about is since Tony's here, and I mean, Tony manages drivers, everybody from Esteban Gutierrez to like Will Owen, like you said, and, uh, and partner you know, James Hinscliffe is one of your partners in the firm, right? Yeah, that's right. In Speed Group. So uh, obviously Tony has got some amazing insights, and we're going to tap his brain tonight because I want to get some of that inside baseball that we all wonder about how some of this stuff works behind the scenes, and and that's some of the stuff we're going to talk about with Tony um, this evening. So we're going to go ahead and take a break and listen to Speed City Live from Austin back after these messages. Fifty-seven Chevy, a Rembrandt painting, the little black dress. When you're a classic, you never go out of style. And now, MyPlates.com proudly announces the return of the classic black Texas license plate for the first time since 1968, featuring a cooler, timeless look and a bolder style. Visit MyPlates.com today to order this legendary classic black Texas license plate for your car or truck. Classic black is back at MyPlates.com. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in Dan Easy leathers, the best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin, online at motoaustin.com. There's nothing like getting on a motorcycle and exploring the hill country for the day. What about taking that bucket list ride of a lifetime to some far-off destination or event? We're here to tell you that you don't have to own a motorcycle because with Lone Star Moto Rentals, you can rent a Ducati, BMW, KTM, or other premium motorcycles. Visit LoneStarMotoRentals.com. That's LoneStarMotoRentals.com. And come ride. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hey, it's Patrick Lindsay driving the Park Place Motorsports Porsche, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City. We're here in Austin, Texas, and we have been talking a little bit about Formula One and Toyota Racing Series, and we're, uh, we're joined in studio tonight by Tony Calderon, of the Speed Group. Tony, give us a little bit more about your background. I can try, but you do it better than me. 
<laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been racing my whole life, basically. Um, long story short, I, I own a company called Speed Group uh, alongside uh, James Hinchcliffe, IndyCar driver, who everybody knows now. Also, uh, <laughs> Dancing with the Stars uh, semi-finalist, <laughs> and uh, David Martinez. And we basically manage drivers. We help uh, racing teams and uh, and a bunch of other people sort of like, we're sort of racing consultants. We, we help you win races. That, that's what we like to say. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we, we we do things all over this place: Formula One, World Endurance Championship, IMSA, uh, IndyCar, kind of all over the place. That's awesome. So let's talk about some of the things that uh, I was telling when Tony got here tonight, right before the show. I was like, "Hey, I want to talk about you know, kind of inside baseball stuff and get some of the uh, some of the things that that you guys have to deal with. You know, as helping drivers win races and helping teams win races." And uh, just in passing, this, yeah, I had dinner with Zach Brown the other night. And I was like, you did? Incredible. So uh, talk about why you had dinner with him, which is really cool for one of your drivers, and, and maybe a little bit of uh, some scoop for us. How about that? Yeah, it's quite exciting. Uh, one of our uh, drivers, uh, Will Owen, who came up in the uh, Mazda Road to Indy, uh, basically, so the IndyCar ladder system, uh, he was doing uh, F2000 and then Pro Mazda, and then we... Uh, we decided that it was probably time for him to not pursue an IndyCar career anymore and pursue a sports car career for many reasons. Uh, mostly because it's just very tough to make it to IndyCar. It's very expensive and there's only there's very few spots, just like it is. Just like F1. Uh, F1. And uh, so I started looking at some um, sports cars options for him. Obviously, I've been very involved with sports cars in the World Endurance Championship and uh, Lama and all that uh, because I, I've been managing a team called RGR Sport. And uh, long story short, uh, an opportunity came up with United Autosport, which is a team that Zach Brown owns uh, alongside Richard Dean. Uh, obviously, uh, everybody knows Zach Brown now from uh, McLaren, but he, uh, I guess on the side, you could say he, he's, be, he's uh, been growing his own team for a long time. So we got in touch with them, and um, Will had a... Uh, a uh, he tested actually for RGR Sport in Bahrain at the rookie test for for the World Neuro Championship. He did a great job, and after that, United really wanted to have him, so we managed to uh, get him a deal with them. And um, so two days ago, we got or uh, five days ago, we got to go to uh, to the UK. There was the uh, Auto Sport uh, Motorsports Convention over there, and Zach uh, Brown and his team had a big uh, display there because they they uh, they're the representatives for the Ligia cars in the UK. So anyway, long story, we got to announce uh, Will's deal with them. He's going to race the Euro- European Le Mans series and the 24 Hours of Le Mans with them. So we got to uh, had had dinner with Zach and his partner and just kind of get to know him. It was it was um, very special. Obviously, Zach is probably, I think I just saw an article today. He's the business man in motorsports. I mean, yeah. he, runs, he runs McLaren. He runs the uh, Motorsports Network, which owns Autosport, which owns Motorsports.com. Uh, he runs his own team. I mean, it's uh, it, it was quite an honor to be able to uh, just kind of hang out with him and yeah. pick his brain and uh, and just kind of you know see what McLaren's up to and what everybody's up to. It's, it was quite special. Yeah, yeah that's pretty amazing. And uh, I, I just love it that you're getting Americans. Where's William Will Owen from? Colorado? Yes, he's from Denver, Colorado, but he actually goes to school at uh, TCU, so he lives in Dallas right oh, now. Oh, yeah, so, that's right. Yeah. That's right. I remember that now. So, Hey, you know what? I think the producer just said that we've got Mr. Jonathan Green tapped into from New Zealand from halfway around the globe, so we got to grab him while we uh, while we got a connection to talk about the Toyota Racing, uh, Toyota Racing Series. Mr. Green, how's it going? Good. Can you hear me? <laughs> Maybe not. Hey, hey, can you hear me? Uh, now we got you. How's it going, man? Good. How are you guys? Uh, we're doing awesome. We are just uh, chatting it up about Tony's. Uh, Tony's. He's been busy, a busy boy lately. But we got to hear about the Toyota Racing Series. Well, we got a good connection with you. Okay. Well, we just had the first round in Christchurch. We just came back actually last night. Um, very windy, uh, but uh, great racing. And I think we championship this year uh, because the defending champion Lando Norris didn't return. Well, hey Jonathan, we cut you cut out just a little bit there. I'm not sure we're going to be able to to get it to get the connection to work tonight, but um, we do have all those interviews you brought in. Tell us about the the three guys that you sent interviews with. Yeah, um, I mean, basically the story of the first weekend was about the Kiwis and the Aussies because uh, Marcus Armstrong from New Zealand won the first race, uh, Thomas Randall of Australia won the second race, and Brendan Leach has come back. 
um, to try to take on the rest of the world uh, without the kind of uh, practice, if you will, that the rest of them have had um, in terms of uh, race pace because uh, he doesn't get to do anything but the New Zealand Championship. So it's there's some good fairy tale stories, especially 16-year-old Marcus Armstrong. Well, I know how exciting it is to be down there in the middle of that, Jonathan. I know you've done it for several years, and it's really cool to watch these young drivers come through. And I think I want to go ahead and try to play one of these uh, these interviews right now. Let's go ahead and play the clip from Thomas Randall that you did, that you were just talking about him. Let's hear from uh, Thomas Randall. Okay, Speed City fans, I'm delighted to be here with Thomas Randall of Australia, who has just competed in the first round from Christchurch of the Toyota Racing Series and uh, had a pretty eventful weekend. Um, one minute uh, you're up there and you thought you were just off the podium, the next minute you've won the race. So um, you won race two and you're only three points off leading the championship at the moment. Hey, look, it's been a great first weekend and thank you, Jonathan, for, uh, for having me here. Um, I didn't really know what to expect after qualifying. It wasn't really the qualifying we were hoping for because we had so much pace in Thursday and Friday. Uh, we were we finished up Friday P2 in the sheets, and then to qualify fifth, uh, fifth and seventh wasn't really where we wanted. Uh, but the first race managed to make up one position off the start, which was which was good with the fourth position. And it's all about points, points being prizes. And in the second race, we got finished third across the line, moved out to first, which is awesome to be my first TRS win. And then in the final race, we finished fifth and. So we'll go into the next round with, it, with, uh, with a clear head and we'll see what we can do. You've come off a good season in um, Formula 3 in the UK. You've got a couple of wins under your belt. How does this championship compare? And I know you were here last year, but how does it compare uh, to, to racing in Europe? Well, racing in Europe, you're actually racing against the, the same sort of competition. So when I did the, the full championship the first time in 2015, I'd only ever raced Formula Ford in Australia, so I didn't really know what to expect. And then racing in Britain last year, uh, it uh, familiarised me with, the, I guess, the different driving styles of different drivers, and it's very similar to what I'm seeing here. So driving that British F3 car, which is very similar, actually, to the, the Tatus uh, Toyota FT50 chassis, it's definitely helped, and it's, I think it's really uh, helped me for this weekend as well. What about your ambitions? Everybody here is looking to the future. You've already settled what you're doing next year, and that's an exciting prospect. Yeah, I mean, my dream is always Formula 1, uh, but you've got to look realistic, realistically. Uh, and the way the 21st century is going in terms of motorsport, I think endurance racing is really getting up there. You know, it's a 24-hour Le Mans is now like a sprint race, and a Formula 1 race is a one-hour endurance race. So you can look at the two... I guess there's apples and oranges. Well, listen, you've had a great start. You're only three points off the lead, and you had to Invercargill with your tail up. And so, uh, more of the same? Yeah, I didn't actually know where I was in the championship, but three points, gosh, that's not much. So, it's a great way to start the championship, and we'll see if we can just get a bit more pace out of the car and myself going into Teratonga. Best of luck. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Thank you. Okay, hey, so Jonathan, I think we got a good connection now. Um, I want you to, to tell us, uh, I mean, obviously we had some Americans down there too, and, um, and they didn't have the greatest of weekends, but uh, what, what Americans do we have down there? Well, we have Shelby Blackstock, the uh, who was on the show, of course, a couple of weeks ago, um, uh, who is an Indy Lights uh, protagonist. Uh, he was complaining over Twitter and to me that uh, he now realizes is just how tough qualifying is. I mean, how important qualifying is because he found himself in the midfield and got himself into quite a few knots and twists, uh, including in race two, coming together with uh, Kivian Andres, the other, one of the other Americans. Uh, there's three in total. Uh, so that led to a very upset Andres uh, in race two. Uh, and Corey Enders, well, as uh, Tony has uh, already said, you know, it's a learning curve for him. And I think it was a bit of a baptism of fire, but actually um, he's done pretty well. Um, he was involved in a couple of things, um, but, you know, he's kept his nose clean. He's, uh, I think, 17th overall after the first round. But um, I, I think for him, it's all about uh, track time and over 3,000 kilometers of um, racing for him in in the next five weeks. So we're looking towards all the Americans improving, um, but all of them loving the car and loving the circuits. Hey, Jonathan, is the car this year, I mean, what are the changes in that Toyota Racing Series and the car year to year? Is it is it uh, kind of an incremental thing every year? No, the car's the same. It's the third year of the FT50, which is uh, 800 cc's. It puts out about 214 brake horsepower. Uh, Tony will subscribe uh, to this. It's kind of in between um, uh, Mazda Pro 
and in the lights and in formula terms in Europe, it's between Formula 3 and Formula Renault. So those with that kind of experience um, are able to adapt themselves. Um, so it's it's kind of a combination. Uh, if, you, if you can drive a Formula 3 car, you can certainly drive this. And if you're coming straight out of karting, it doesn't take long to get up to speed. Um, but it's still a proper slicks and wings racing car that's uh, capable of over 230k. And uh, and it's got 214 brake horsepower. All right. Well, that helps definitely kind of puts it in your head there where, where it falls in between all the different series. But um, what are the other big stories, Jonathan? I want to, uh, before, we, when we, before we let you go, though, I want to pick your brain about some of the things that Tony and I were talking about. But uh, any other big stories coming out of the Toyota Racing Series before we move on? Well, yeah, I mean, you mentioned Vitaly Botas, and of course, it's it's a graduate from um, from this Toyota Racing Series two years ago, Canada, uh, Canada's Lance Stroll, uh, who is in the Williams team now. Uh, I think picking up on what Tony said, I think it, I think actually Mercedes are very lucky that Valtteri Botas is with Williams because Williams are probably the only team in for that would allow a driver to swap teams for the benefit of the driver because they've done it over the years. They've always let young drivers from Jensen Button all the way through uh, go on to bigger and better because they are a small team. So I think they've got lucky that they've got a talent like Vitaly Botas in a position that Williams, Claire Williams, is willing to effectively give him up because she could have said no. Um, but in terms of um, the Toyota Racing Series, uh, the big stories are we've got three juniors uh, from the Formula One ranks, i.e. Sahara Force India with Jahanda Ruvala, who won the third race yesterday. Um, he's right up there. We've got Marcus Armstrong from New Zealand, who's now representing the Ferrari junior team. But the man leading the championship, and it's almost like a double take, is a guy called Richard Vashore from the Netherlands, and he is a Red Bull junior. Now, work it out. It'll happen when he's in his, and of course, the car is Red Bull liveried, um, and he's another fantastic talent um, who's come out of nowhere, and this was his first time in the car, and after three races, at 16, just in December, he's leading the championship. Oh, that's awesome. I did see that Red Bull car. And in fact, just at a, a quick glance, I mean, it's obviously a, a Formula car, open wheel car. It, it looks very reminiscent of the Formula One Red Bull cars for sure. But, um, well, hey, Jonathan, stick with us because we're going to try to keep uh, keep you on the line. But we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to let Tony talk a little bit more about some of his uh, some of the things that he does to help race teams and race drivers win. Listen to Speed City live in Austin back after a quick break. I am an official Texas license plate from MyPlates.com, and I'm here to say it's time to get personal, people. Tell the world who you are with a personalized plate from MyPlates.com, like me. I'm talking favorite color, favorite team, favorite charity, and, of course, favorite state, Texas. Add your own message, and then the magic really happens. I'm the official Texas license plate from MyPlates.com, and I want to be your license plate. Go to MyPlates.com and order me today. Now that's what I'm talking about. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Want to drive your car at speed on Circuit of the Americas? Edge Addicts is your source for more Coda events and more Coda track time. Whether you're looking to host your own event or just be a part of the action, Edge Addicts can get you in the driver's seat and racing like a pro. All levels of drivers and all types of cars are welcome, with instructors available for first-time and novice drivers. Life is short, and adventure is around every corner. So plan your high-adrenaline experience with Edge Addicts at edgeaddicts.com. Edge Addicts, it's better when you're driving. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. 
Caddy Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers, the best the market offers. Visit to Caddy Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Since the presidential salary isn't being used... I'm accepting no salary, okay? That's not a big deal for me. Why not take a page from the Liberals' playbook and redistribute the wealth to you? It's the $1,000 presidential payoff on Talk 1370. Listen for your handout weekdays at 7 a.m., 11 a.m., 2 p.m., and 5 p.m. Do you want to make more money? One randomly selected national entry wins $1,000 every time we play. The $1,000 presidential payoff weekdays on Talk 1370. Made the right choice. Talk 1370. Hi, this is Ryan DeElb, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City. You're smiling when you heard Ryan DeElb, Tony. Yeah, he's a good friend of mine. <laughs> I figured you probably knew him. Well, hey, let's let's take this opportunity. I don't know if we're going to get Jonathan back on because it was cutting out so bad uh, from New Zealand. We'll try here in a, in a second, but. Um, I want to um, I want to ask you so about some some inside stuff that I say ins- I keep calling it inside stuff but what do you what are the things that you do that are the most effective or the or or the uh, the most interesting things to to really help teams uh, and, and race drivers win. Uh, well, that's, that's a, I know that's a big question. That's a big but. question, yeah, for sure. No, I mean, what, what we do at Speed Group is uh, we, we sort of like define it three different things. One of the things we got to do is, first of all, we got to teach drivers how to drive, the coaching aspect of it. So, you know, how do you drive a car fast, basically? And, and how do you become a race car driver? You know, how do you deal with your engineers? You know, just literally learning the craft, let's say. Uh, the second thing is how do you promote your brand? So that that's really more about social media, PR, marketing, all that stuff. And then the third thing is uh, the management of your career. So as a sports agent, like what we what we did with Will, can we find you a good opportunity with a team like United Autosport that's going to be racing at Le Mans? Or can, you know, where are you in your career? Where do you need to go? What what's the right path? What's the wrong path? You know, what what should you do? Because you know, obviously. It's no secret that being in racing takes a lot of money. You, you need a lot of either personal money or sponsorship money or anything to get ahead. So we kind of help you, you know, uh, manage that budget, let's say. So um, it's tough. I mean, it, it, racing, you know, to be successful, it's it's a combination of things. Sadly, it's not like maybe in perhaps other sports where you're just you're really good at throwing a ball or, you know, or, or running or whatever, where you can just do it in high school and then somebody, and you get results and then that you move up to college and then you move to professional. Sadly, it doesn't work in racing. You got to have the funds to make it happen. You know, uh, fuel isn't free. Tires aren't free. You know, mechanics aren't free. So you got to, to be able to show your talent, you got to be able to have some resources. So we can help you just make the most of that, basically. That's, and it's, it's not easy because even if you have the money, then you got to figure out how to do it, how to spend it wisely, you know, yeah. and not waste it, basically. Yeah, it's interesting. I know that there's uh, Jonathan talks about it all the time that you know even in even at Formula One levels, there's a lot of race drivers that could well, like let's use Mercedes as an example. There's probably a, a more than a handful that could probably step into that seat and and come close to what you just described a minute ago, where they may not be that last, the very last ninety nine point nine percentile as fast as Lewis Hamilton. But Botas may be pretty close and probably a, a, a pretty good handful of drivers that could, you know, once you reach that level. So the same thing each level down is that it's, it is it is more than just being able to drive fast. It's it's ha- you know, having the connections, making a smart hire of a, some, a team, a, a company like yours. Uh, so this it's very complex. Um, you know, one thing I didn't realize that you guys did was actually help them uh, in the driving side. And like you said, in the craft, how do you do that? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, Corey Anders is a great example. He's in New Zealand right now. Um, like I said, uh, like uh, Jonathan said, it's a it's a learning experience for him. But he's actually he. This is pretty much his first racing season that he's done, and I think he qualified eleventh for one of the races out of twenty, which is quite impressive, considering a rookie, he probably yeah. has a 
a tenth of the experience that the other guys have there. We what we've done with him is you know we we've been coaching him at MSR Houston, uh, which is a track near here. Um, um, I, I deal more with the management side of things, but my partners David Martinez and James Hinchcliffe, obviously they're very successful race car drivers. We actually literally show you. I mean, it's not magic. You can't just get in the car and drive. Obviously, you know. It, 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 of course, there's some natural talent that goes to it, but you gotta you gotta know what to do. You know how to brake. There, there's a certain technique for braking, for cornering, for getting back in throttle. How do you uh, uh, your feedback uh, that you give to your engineers? You know, there, there's a lot to that. So we take drivers and we literally show them from like step one. Okay, this is how you drive a race car. Just like you would coach somebody, this is how you throw a football. This is yep. you know, these are different techniques. Um, and it's not only in the car, but it's all outside the car. We do a lot of sim stuff as well with simulations. Obviously, driving a race car is expensive, so. For every hour that that our drivers are in a race car, they spend 20 hours in the sim with our coaches because we can do that remotely, which is great also. So somebody can be in yeah. their house in uh, in uh, Georgia, like one of our drivers, Theo Bean, he'll be in Georgia, but our, our coaches are in Houston or Indianapolis or wherever, and they can literally uh, uh, do a real-time coaching session online through uh, sim racing. So... Yeah, I mean, it's not magic. You got to teach somebody how to do it, and it's that's uh, what it takes. Yeah, and I I took years ago just for fun. I took the uh, a three day racing school at Skip Barber, and yeah, there was a lot of track time, but there was a lot of classroom time back then. It wasn't sims; they didn't have those. They might have them now. Who knows? But but there was a lot of classroom time where you literally were. They talked about everything from. Uh, like you said, breaking, but, uh, you know, practicing where is the apex? Because some tracks, it's not as clear where the apex no. is with multiple, you know, you got multiple turns within one turn and where is each apex? So I and guess, that can change depending on the type of car you're driving too. Oh, yeah. Whether you have downforce or not downforce, the speed, all that. Yeah, so it's, uh, yeah. there's a lot of uh, theory that goes into it that you need to learn somehow. You can't just, uh, like I said, it, 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 the, 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 I guess the, uh, the feeling of it can come naturally, but at the end of the day, just like any other sport, you gotta have somebody just teach you the basics, at least, or the theory of it, so so you can get uh, you get fast at it. Yeah, that's funny. I bet you, I bet you, a lot of people think that a lot of race driving is just so much. You know, it's all talent, talent, talent. But if you look at all the most successful at the highest level, a lot of these guys started when they were five, six, seven, eight years old, karting and have made a complete lifetime career, just like, you know, we were talking about NFL, just like football, starting at Pop Warner and going all the way up. So it's a huge amount of practice. and Yeah, because also at the end of the day, driving, a, driving fast is not all it takes to win a race. You got to learn how to make the car go fast, you know, how to set up the car with the engineers, how to manage the tires, you know, because if you go, for example, if we can see in this Formula One or in the World Endurance Championship or almost any other, even NASCAR, uh, if you go just kind of like balls out for a couple laps, you'll kill your tires. That's yep. being fast for two laps. is not the same as being fast for 30 laps. You know, you got to know how to manage that and that there's no way you can just sort of, you know, uh, guess that there's, you have to learn it and you have to have experience with it and you got to have somebody guiding you through it. Basically. Yeah. It's fascinating that there's so many aspects to what you do and getting a driver to the, to that point, you know, at the highest levels, like formula one, we always think of the money and, and because that is a huge part of that. Uh, I remember when before uh, I'm thinking um, in, in IndyCar and I've, I've watched several drivers, you know, make it to IndyCar. It was fascinating to watch Alexander Rossi and like, but Connor Daly, uh, we ran into him so many times here in Austin when he would come to the Formula One race, not as a driver, obviously at that point, but he really, really got frustrated and he got frustrated on the air with us a couple of times. Like I can't find a sponsor and I can't get there. Uh, and it's, it, it was obviously uh that that there is a process and you guys walking them through that kind of process. Uh, but obviously you have to deal with the frustration from drivers like that. How do you, you know, what do you get, what do you do to help the drivers when in situations like that? Yeah. I mean, it, like I said, it's always, uh, it's painful sometimes because like I said, talent is not enough in racing, unfortunately, maybe one of those days will be, and it has been certain situations, but it's not always so. Yeah. I mean, you got to show them like, look, it's no, it's not only what you do on track. It's what you do off track as well. You gotta be, yeah. You gotta win races, but you also have to be. Uh, you gotta be good with your social media. You gotta be good with the sponsors. You gotta be good with the fans. I mean, I think personally, my partner James Hinchcliffe is probably one of the best at it. Obviously, say you know somehow he apparently he's an amazing dancer as well. So <laughs> now he's uh, famous among uh, the mainstream 
uh, fans, you could say, because he wasn't dancing with the stars. But the reason he got to that is because also he's been so good with his own personal PR and the whole, you know, he's a mayor of Hinchtown and all that. That, that. that started, you know, when he started the Hinchtown thing, is when yeah. actually me, him, and David, were, were, nobody knew who we were or who he was. And he's like, I'm going to come up with this crazy thing. I'm going to be the mayor of my own <laughs> makeup website town. And everybody thought it was crazy. But lo and behold, it worked. It worked. <laughs> and uh, obviously, he backed that up with obviously being a, a very good race car driver. He's won races and all that. Uh, but yeah, it's it, you have to be... Uh, it, it's you have to be well rounded. You got, you got to do everything. You know that what you talked about him being a good dancer that leads into something else. Is that these guys are amazing athletes? What people don't yeah. realize is that you just, okay, they're sitting driving a car, but especially the higher up the the chain they go. I mean, I, we've talked to Alexander Rossi about the the amazing diet, the scientific nature of his diet, the workout regimen. You know, the the crazy neck exercises, the uh, and, and all kinds of training, but these guys have to be amazingly dedicated to their craft from a physical standpoint too, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's. Uh, I think some people just think of like, ah, oh, just drive a car fast. Like, no, I mean the the uh, the G forces involved with driving an Indy car or an F one car. I mean, you're talking like five, six Gs and braking or cornering, um, and also the cardio involved because you know there's really no other sport where you can uh, you, you can't just take a tenth of, a, a tenth of a second. As 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 a time timeout or something like yeah, that, you know, take a break. Yeah, like I said we're just watching we're just watching uh, football. You you can take a break and you you know you kind of like clear your head and think about it. In racing, you can't one tenth of a second is a hundred yards or more. Yeah. So when if you don't have the right cardio, you start getting distracted. You know, if your muscles aren't strong enough, you start getting tired. And uh, yeah, it's quite important. Uh, actually, one of the days you guys should have uh, Jim Leo from PitFit. It's a company in Indianapolis. He pretty much trains about half of the IndyCar race car drivers, and he has very specific training uh, regimes. Let's say specifically for racing, so they know exactly what you need for your neck to be strong, for your arm, upper body, for your legs, for braking, and the re- and and your reaction times and all that. Um, it, it's. It's very scientific, and like I said, most of the race car drivers are running marathons or doing Ironmans and all that. It's, uh, yeah, a lot of cycling. It's impressive how, how fit they are, for sure. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to take another quick break, and uh, Jonathan Green just popped back on Skype, so we're going to try to get him back on here in a second. And we'll make this a fast break. Listen to Speed City live from Austin. Back after these messages. Welcome to Name Your License Plate. I'm Biff Biffington. All right, Mary Lou, for the cash, the trip, and a new car, name your license plate. Easy. My plate is ADD24. ACL, ATM, ABC, ACDC, AAA. I can't remember my plate. You should have gotten a personal Texas plate from MyPlates.com. They're so memorable. And I could have saved 40% with a five-year commitment. Be a winner and order your personalized license plate from MyPlates.com. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. The racetrack, it's where legends are born, where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance. Such are the nameplates you'll find at Aston Martin of Austin, Lotus of Austin, Bentley Austin and Rolls-Royce Motorcars. Austin exotic, iconic automobiles whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey because you're never just along for the ride. Highway 183 north of McNeil Road. On air, online, and on your smart device. Talk 1370 is the right choice. Hey everyone, I'm Steve Arpin. Drive the Jacob Company's Ford Fiesta for Lone Bro Chip Ganassi Racing. You're listening to Speed City. And he's an enthusiastic gentleman. Bring us back from the break. So we're here with Tony Calderon from the Speed Group. And, you know, Tony, we got the 24 Hours of Daytona coming up. You were out there for the Roar, right? Yes, that's right. I was there um, uh, last week, basically, for the pre-test. 
And it was quite good. It's going to be an interesting year. Uh, there's brand new cars with the DPIs and the LMP2s. And um, yeah, it's, it's been quite exciting. I have a young driver out there, Jose Gutierrez, who's racing. So I was kind of helping him out. And I'll be there next week for the race. Awesome. Yeah, we talked a lot about, about the, uh, the new Cadillac, man. That I think the Mazda looks good, too. But something about the way that Cadillac looks at DPI, I just personally just thought it was an amazing looking race car. And I love the fact that they've got a big V8 in it. I know it's got a big fat restrictor plate on it, too, apparently with a balance of performance. Uh, well, I mean, and uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's uh, nobody wants to say this, but we're all pretty sure the Cadillac's the fastest car out there, even though they've been kind of. Uh, sandbagging a little bit during uh, oh, the testing. Oh, there you go. <laughs> that's what that's what we all think. Uh, See, that's some of that scoop I'm looking for right there. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it, it, it's the game that you play. They don't want to be quick yet because they'll slow them down. But I'm pretty sure I will make a prediction right now that the Cadillacs will be on pole and will win the race. Uh, one of the three. There's three Cadillacs out there. Yeah, so. that's nice. All but right, it, you, you wouldn't. You wouldn't be able to see that from the timesheet so far, but I think we're all aware that they're, they're, they've got a lot in the back, yeah. <laughs> hey, it sounds like we've got Jonathan Green back on the line from New Zealand at the Toyota Racing Series. Jonathan, uh, so you got another four weeks of uh, excitement going on down there. With uh, You're just one weekend, right? Yeah, we just started. Um, we're editing the program up now. You can see it on Motor Trend On Demand. Um, uh, so you can tune in in the States and see what we're doing. Um, but, uh, yeah, we've got a full four more weeks of great racing. In fact, we're heading south uh, on Thursday to Invercargill, which is uh, noted for being the southernmost international circuit in the world. And it's right on the tip of the South Island of, Aust- of uh, New Zealand. So it's pretty cool. Uh, but it's always raining. So I think we'll put those Americans to the full test, I think, uh, next weekend. Awesome. Well, Jonathan, we got the signal cut out again a little bit, but uh, I just I think we're gonna we're gonna let you run, and I want to wrap up with this uh, interview that Les Kaiser did out in California at the Arc Motorcycle. So, Jonathan, we will we'll make sure we get a good connection uh, from New Zealand next time, and appreciate you you uh, getting a spot for us. No worries. See you soon. All right. All right, well, speaking of that, let's play a little bit of that interview that we did. That Les Kaiser's out, uh, out in California, and he caught up with, the, uh, with Gard Hollinger of the new ARC motorcycle. I say new, it's a couple of years now, but uh, this is Keanu Reeves. Yes, that Keanu Reeves, the, the Hollywood actor. Uh, Tony and I were joking about, he was like, he's starting his motorcycle company. I was like, yeah, that's, uh, what's the old saying? How do you turn a, how do you make a, a small fortune in the racing business? You start with a large fortune? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think, who knows? I, I mean, it's a really cool, badass motorcycles he's making. And I wish him all the best. And it's really an exciting uh, project because they really are amazing. And Les was just frothing at it. So let's, uh, let's hear a little bit of that interview from uh, Gard Hollinger. All righty. It's always fun when we get out and catch up with uh, something new and exciting. And by all means, Arch Motorcycles is new and exciting. Taking uh, the world by storm, uh, these are not a mass production bike, but, uh, you know, it's got a very cool history. We're going to start out with meeting Gard Hollinger. Gard is uh, one of the ones that uh, really kind of was uh, one of the pair that started. Gard, welcome to Speed City. Good morning, Les. Welcome to Arch Motorcycle Company. Man, this this is a great way to start the morning. Uh, no coffee required here. <laughs> so uh, let's just go to the beginning. How did this start? I hear there's a unique story about a sissy bar. Uh, the beginning story, the sissy bar story. So um, a friend of mine asked me if I was interested in building a sissy bar for a motorcycle Keanu Reeves was doing some work on, and I said no. <laughs> and... Um, of course, Keanu tells a story better than I do, but um, it wasn't—it wasn't really about being snobbish. It was about life is short, and and I wanted to, uh, you know, spend my time doing more creative things. And I knew it wasn't going to be, you know, satisfying for a customer or my business to spend my time building a sissy bar. But there was an introduction um, based on that, and Keanu saw what I did, and then he said, "Well, what can we do to my motorcycle?" And over about a four-year process, we built this uh, one-off motorcycle out of his 2005 Harley Dyna. And um, he was very involved in the process. Um, it was kind of a unique project for me because it was... Um, 
you know, sort of taking, like listening to what it was he wanted the motorcycle to do and then trying to design something that had the design aesthetic that, you know, that I was sort of known for in my chop rods business and, um, and put it into this really usable, rideable package. And as that started to take shape, then there was some discussion about, well, maybe we, maybe we need to make some more of these for the world. <laughs> and then in uh, late 2011, early 2012, after that motorcycle was done and we'd ridden it and, and felt, you know, how unique it was to ride, you know, this big sort of American V-twin hot rod, but that would handle... Um, then Keanu talked me into starting Arch Motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably not a bad pairing and, and definitely gives us an idea of uh, the embryonic state that this started in. So, uh, you know, I'm loving seeing the varieties and the subtlety of differences between so many of these bikes here in the showroom. And uh, one of the things that I find unique is, is I won't say that you're a mass producer, but you are a, a, a very high quality builder building a bike specifically for someone. Uh, you know, you showed me one and talked about the measurements of the rider and how they like to sit and, and getting it all situated for them. Yeah, I mean, I think th this idea of a custom production motorcycle company is sort of unique. So, I mean, a lot of manufacturers uh, either, you know, if you look at the high-end automotive world, I think, you know, they have their, like, custom departments, Ferrari, Lamborghini, McLaren, these kind of companies. But um, we really are based around the idea of each motorcycle is built on this proven platform that works, but each one is unique and built for the customer. So there's never going to be two alike, uh, even if you happen to point to one you've seen and you want that, we're going to try to figure out how to make it you know, unique to you by changing something. Um, and it starts with the ergonomics, you know, so we have a discussion with the, with the customer about what type of riding they like to do and the riding position. And then that's fine tuned to them. Each seat is shaped to the customer. And then of course, all of the finishes and, and, uh, you know, the livery and that type of thing are, are done personally for them as well. You know, one of the things that I've noticed here, I, I had the great opportunity to come through your production area where you're, you've got your machines and CNC, and I'm seeing the finished components that are going into these. Uh, you don't see that very often happening here in the United States. And for one, thank you for doing that <laughs> here. Well, that's a pretty cool deal, really. That's very exciting. I can't, uh, I, I can only imagine how excited Les is out there doing that, but uh and remember, their website is archmotorcycle.com. you got to check it out because it's, it's really supposed to be a big, American, powerful bike that handles, too. So it's really exciting. But uh, while I've got you, Tony, I want to talk about a couple of things you got going on. Obviously, Esteban Gutierrez is one of your clients, and uh, he's got a, a new project going on, new gig, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, obviously, he's had a long career, uh, 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 a good career in Formula One, uh, three or four years, and now... Unfortunately, I didn't pan out, but uh, he just announced that he's going to be racing in Formula E, which is quite exciting. Obviously, Formula E is growing like crazy. They just had a huge, uh, uh, actually, sim race in Las Vegas, which yeah. is quite interesting with a million-dollar prize, which kind of crazy has never been done before. We, we talked about that yeah. last week. That's amazing. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, so so he, he still has to announce the details of it, but he'll, yeah, he'll be now a Formula E driver, which is amongst a bunch of other ex-Formula 1 drivers and, and current WEC drivers and a bunch of people. So, yeah, it's quite exciting. We're, we're, we're really excited to sort of help him promote that from now on. Yeah, that's going to be uh, it's gonna be fun to watch the growth of Formula E. And uh, they had the, I noticed they had the fan boost that was a little controversial in the sim world. I, I you know, when they first started talking about fan boost, I was like, okay, it's a way to get the fans involved. Jonathan and Les were both like, I hate this. And now I think I'm with them. I just don't, I don't like the fan boost. I don't, uh, you know, I, think of another way to get the fans involved. But having it affect the race, I see your face. You may be disagreeing, but I, I'm against it now. I mean, I think it's a cool way. I mean, you know, they're trying to make, make it way more interactive. I mean, you, you know, you see in, in football, you have fantasy football. And in many other sports, you have a way of fans to get involved. I mean, why not? If it's uh, if it's a way to get the the fans involved, I'm I'm all about it. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still something a driver has to do. They got to press a button. They got to they got to make the most of it. So I have no problem with it. I mean, it's um, yeah, it's a little artificial, but 
hey, it's uh, we got to get more fans into racing. So if that's the way to do it. Why not? All right. Well, I'll uh, if it gets more if it really does gets more fan gets more fans in racing. I'm all for it. Then how about that? So uh, all right, guys, we're going to wrap it up. But uh, Tony Calderon of the Speed Group, thank you for filling in for the boys while everybody's out of town. And Jonathan Green's out there at the Toyota Racing Series, and we're gonna he's going to be out there for another month or so. So we're going to cover cover that and talk about all the American drivers and everything else that's happening out there. And of course, Daytona coming up. So we're going to be talking about that as well. And check us out on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. And you can also, if you, another, a good way to follow us is uh, on iTunes. If you've got an iPhone, that's a, it's a great way to get all our shows. And of course our app. But so thanks for tuning in to Speed City tonight. And we will talk to you next week. Proceeding was a paid commercial program. Views and opinions expressed are those of the host or their guests and are not necessarily those of Talk 1370. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.